Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today our guest is one of our few repeat customers to the EdCast, Assistant Professor Scott Sider at Boston University and an esteemed alum of the Harvard Graduate School of Education who has a new book out called Character Compass, How Powerful School Culture Can Point Students Towards Success. Welcome back, Scott. Pleasure, uh, pleasure to be back on Appian Way. Scott, your last book that we interviewed you about was about homelessness in Harvard. I think it was called Shelter. This new book is a, a bit of a diversion from the first book. Uh, tell us a little bit about why you decided to transition from your research of your f- first book to now this new book. Great. Well, thanks. Um, thanks again for having me. I, um, in some ways, the books are more connected than you might think. My, um, my, my research focus um, for the last decade has been on the civic and character development of adolescents and emerging adults, and and so the the shelter book um, looked at the experience of volunteering at a student-run homeless shelter upon college students and the ways in which, like volunteering at this homeless shelter, impacted their their civic development. And um, and I really enjoyed that project, but. Um, but at heart, probably adolescents are are my are my true interest. I, I'm a former high school English teacher, and um, and so it was it was a great opportunity um, with this with this new project to kind of go back into to focusing focusing more on middle and high school students than on college students. And so in this project, I'm again looking at the civic and character development of um, of young people, just just younger young people. I think it's interesting whenever people go into schools and, and to try and get a sense of something that's hard to write about, hard to research culture and how you quantify culture and how you examine it, how you research it. And then even is it qualitative, quantitative? Um, talk about how you went in and looked to discover how cultures affect performance and then the differences between cultures and how they're equally good for schools. Great. Well, let me let me tell you a little bit about like how I how I got interested in in this project and in these three schools in particular. I um so there's there's been a lot of talk about character education in the you know in the news and the education circles over the last over the last two or three years. Like and and where I think that's coming from in large part is that a number of of school leaders and particularly urban school leaders like who've who've been focused for a long time on how do you get kids to college have realized that that getting kids to college isn't enough like it's not it's getting kids to college and then also through college and and as a result of that focus on you know how do we help kids develop the character strengths necessary to be successful once they get to college there's been this this real focus over the last couple of years in in what um what we call performance character strengths character strengths like grit perseverance Perseverance, self-control, optimism—that um, that that researchers have found to to correlate with with success across a lot of different endeavors—and so and so you see a lot of of urban school leaders now really really thinking about ways to incorporate those character strengths into into their work, and I think that's really important work. Um, but but I also think that over the last couple of years, like the the conversation about character education in in public schools and and in private schools too, for that matter, has gotten pretty narrow. You know, um, you know, in some ways, maybe a subtitle for this book could have been, you know, there's more to character education than grit. And um, and so what I thought would be a really interesting project would to be a look would be a look at three urban schools that are very similar to each other that are doing a good job of helping kids be successful, and they see character education as playing a role in that, but 
but utilize character education in different ways and and even more specifically actually conceptualize character in different ways meaning when they say the word character they mean different things i think our audience would love to know those sort of three different distinctions don't tell too much they want to buy the book too but you know what are these three sort of different buckets sure so so one of them is that performance character bucket that we were kind of talking about you know that's you know and when i say performance character i mean the the character strengths that help students to achieve their potential in particular endeavors, and those endeavors could be athletics or academics or, you know, or even artistic endeavors. And, and again, those are the qualities like grit and perseverance that, um, that a number of schools are focusing on. Um, and that's one of the schools in my study. The Roxbury Prep Charter School is clearly sort of focused on fostering students' performance character strengths as a way of promoting success. But one of the other schools in my study, the Boston Preparatory Charter School, which is about 10 miles away from, from the first, they're really focused on what, on what we call moral character strains. Like they're, um, the five virtues for the school are courage, compassion, integrity, respect, and perseverance. And quite a number of those character strains, like in particular integrity, compassion, respect, are what we call moral character strains. Like the character strains that, that allow one to gauge in ethical, ethical relationships with other people and in the work that you do. And, and that's a school that really sees those moral character strains as pivotal to, to helping students to be successful. And then finally, the third school, the Academy of the Pacific Rim Charter School, um, which is literally just around the corner from the Boston Preparatory Charter School, they're really focused on what we call civic character strains. Like, they're really focused on the character strains that, that, that allow an individual student to be an, an effective and responsible member of a community, whether that community is the school community, the city of Boston, or even sort of a citizen of the, of the wider world. And, and so I was really interested to see how does... How do these three schools, which are all high-performing urban schools, how do their different character foci impact the students who attend those schools? And, and you found largely that they're all high-performing, and they all go about it in a sort of different way. Was one way, did you find, preferable to the other? And they all, they all seem to work, but they couldn't work if they were trying to implement all three of these in one school. That's, well, that's a great question. I mean, I think that, you know, on one, on one level, you could say that, like, all three, all three schools are clearly successful schools in the sense that, that their kids are doing very, very well as measured by, by both, you know, sort of state assessments and also by, you know, acceptance and, you know, and matriculation to college. Um, so, so in that way, all of the schools are sort of utilizing character education to, to help their students be successful. But I also did find differences in, in the pathways by which they were they were impacting students, and so so just to say a little bit about how I tried to assess that, I um this was a this was a pretty big study where I um at, you know across the three schools there were about a thousand students, and we gave all of the students at all of the schools um, a survey at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year. This is the 2010-2011 school year, and we'd sort of embedded within that survey a number of previously validated measures of those various character strains. So we had a a survey, you know, a number of survey items that focused on issues of perseverance, other survey items that focused on issues of integrity, others that focused on, on, you know, on, on, um, perseverance. And, um, and so we, so we did, we surveyed all the kids at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year. We also conducted interviews with kids across the three schools, faculty across the three schools and parents across the three schools. We did 93 interviews. Um, and then we supplemented that with 100 observations, like, um, across the three schools, like looking at the different ways in which the schools were were trying to impact the character of Ed school taught you to be a good researcher so we absolutely <laughs> absolutely and so um and so what we what we found let me sort of give you the headlines and then maybe we can kind of 
talk about like some of the levers by which they tried to tried to do that is that um, that the kids at the Boston Preparatory Charter School, the kids that you know, which is the school that sort of focused on moral and moral moral character development, those kids actually demonstrated greater shifts in their commitment to integrity and compassion over the course of the year than their peers at the other two schools. Um, the Roxbury Preparatory Charter School, which was the, um, the school focused on performance character, those kids did demonstrate higher levels of perseverance, like a greater commitment to persevering on homework assignments, on, um, on, a, pro on a long term project, than their peers at the other two schools. And then finally, the, the Academy of the Pacific Rim Charter School, which is the school focused on civic character, this was really interesting. Their kids showed higher a higher commitment to engaging in, in daring behavior. And, and what I think that, you know, is attributed to is that, you know, because the Pacific Rim School was so focused on developing students' civic character, they gave their students lots and lots of opportunities to, to take positive risks. Like, so for instance, all three schools have a weekly community meeting, but at the Academy of the Pacific Rim, it's students who are responsible for designing the agenda for the meeting and then leading it. Um, at the Academy of the Pacific Rim, there's a real student government with real with, with real legitimate authority to, to make decisions within the school. There are, um, because of the school's focus on global citizenship, um, there are opportunities to study abroad in China and to host um, Chinese foreign exchange students. And so um, in the senior year, all of the students at Pacific Rim um, participate in a, um, in a six-week internship at a nonprofit organization in in Boston, and so I think all of those different opportunities to to take a positive risk, you know, led those students to to be more willing to you know to to engage in daring behavior, which is one of the explicit goals of the of the school. I think just the idea of character education is somewhat new to people, especially you know they're focused on the maths and the sciences and reading levels and standardized tests. But you know, to start looking at schools as building good characters, building good citizens. Um, it seems to be a slightly new concept, and it's getting a lot of attention in the media these days. Why did you choose these three schools? Talk about a little bit more about the history of character education. How do these administrators start a school? Is the original charter of the school, we want to have this be a character education-based school, or is it something that sort of naturally evolves as the school grows? That's a great question. You know, in some ways, I would say that character education is actually as old as public education. Like, when you look back at the, the, the beginnings of public education, some of the founding fathers like Horace Mann and Thomas Jefferson explicitly sort of made the argument for public education by by sort of invoking the importance of schools playing a role in the in the character development of of young people sort of with the goal of producing good citizens, good workers, you know, um, and so on. And I, you know, and I think that you know we've seen different iterations of character education over the years. In the 1970s, Lawrence Kohlberg was, um, you know, sort of brought brought to us this concept of the just community school. In the 1980s, um, William Bennett brought us, you know, brought um, was very focused on sort of particular virtues that that public schools should be should be focused on. That I think the focus on character education experienced a real decline in 2001 with the No Child Left Behind Act, like because you know. Um, and put it, sort of putting aside the merits of the No Child Left Behind Act, it created a real incentive for schools to focus very, very intensively on on the subjects being tested, math, you know, math and English in particular. And I think that so character edu character education was was greatly diminished. But so, but frankly, so was social studies and science and art. And there's no standardized test for honor. Right. Exactly. And um, and so I think that there's been sort of a resurgence in the last few years as as kind of the focus of schools, you know, has has shifted a, a little bit away from purely student performance on, on on state assessments and more towards college matriculation and then sort of perseverance rates in college and kind of thinking about what are the um, what are the character strengths that we need to sort of foster in our students in order for them to be successful once they 
once they leave us behind. A very holistic approach. Now, I've heard a lot about children succeeding in high-performing schools, and Paul Tuff's new book, How Children Succeed, uh, seems to be similar to what a lot of your work is, and, and you had mentioned the word grit and how grit plays a role in a lot of your work. How is your book similar, and then how is it different? So, well, I guess I think there's, um, there's a way in which my book really extends what Paul Tuff was working on and how children succeed, and then there's probably a way in which my work kind of pushes back against it a little bit. Like, in terms of, in terms of how it, how it extends it a little bit. I think that um, what Paul Tuff does in How Children Succeed, which is a, which is a great book, is that um, he's very focused on this idea of performance character, um, strengths, you know, character strengths such as grit and perseverance, because there is a, there's a big body of research um, that has found there to be a, a strong correlation between um, character strengths such as grit and, and all types of student achievements, like on state assessments, but also on, you know, spelling in spelling bees and military cadets at West Point and so on and so forth. And so so there's so there's a clear reason to be excited about this relationship. And so Tuff kind of tells us about that relationship. And then he looks at the the KIPP Charter School Network, which is work, which is sort of intentionally putting trying to put some some programming into their into their school day that that seeks to foster um, those those qualities, qualities such as grit and self-control. I guess I think the way that my work kind of extends what Tuff was working on is that that he's not really able to report at this point on whether on whether Kipps had any success at increasing students' grit. Like we know there's a relationship between qualities like grit and student success, but we don't actually know a lot about whether it's possible for for a school to to take a student who has you know this level of grit and move it and move it higher. And and the way I think my work kind of extends what what Tuff is working on and how children succeed is that, you know, as I said, one of the three schools in my study, the Roxbury Prep Charter School is very focused on performance character. And I'm able to show in this study that yes, like over the course of the year, students' perseverance, you know, shifted to a greater extent than their peers at the two other schools that were focused on other character strains. So so that's a way in which I think that the work I'm doing can can really complement Paul Tuff's book very nicely. The way I'm probably pushing back again a little bit against what Tuff's working on. Okay, Paul, you better be listening. <laughs> is that um, is that I think that in 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 both how children succeed and also some interviews that I've um, that I've heard with Paul Tuff, he's pretty uninterested in in moral character development and civic character development. I mean, he really thinks that the action is is in the performance character realm. And I think that what I tried to do in this book is say, hey. Here are three different schools that are all high performing, that are using character in three different ways, and and they're using it effectively in three different ways. And so I think that in some on some level, that big, the big takeaway from my book is that that what it it matters less which type of character you choose, you know, to to focus on, than that you do it well. And and in some ways, I actually think to to sort of explain that in greater detail. I think what happens at all of these three schools, and this is kind of a big headline from the study, is that. You know, one school's focusing on moral character, one school's focusing on performance character, one school's focusing on civic character. But what happens as a result of those that intensive focus is that each school community develops a common language around this particular set of character strengths that they can use for talking about important matters. Like, and so, so the way in which the three schools talk about important matters sounds different. Like at at Boston Preparatory Charter School, for instance, like you'll hear at a community meeting. A, a coach of a team stand up and really, you know, compliment the integrity of the members of his basketball team for for the for the you know for the 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 ways in which they they performed the preceding night. Whereas at the Academy of the Pacific Rim Charter School, you know, you'll hear a principal stand up at the community meeting and say, "Hey, you know, someone's missing their jacket. That's not the type of community we want to be." Like, let's make sure that jacket gets back. Whereas at the Roxbury Preparatory Charter School, you know, they really use the language of performance to talk about 
important matters. And, and I guess I think that ultimately what matters the most is that these three communities have a common language that students understand, that teachers understand, that parents understand for engaging in those types of conversations. And so, so I guess the way I push back against Tough is that I think it's less about performance versus moral versus civic so much as working to establish a common language for for having important conversations. Uh, let's say someone reads your book and they're really impressed with one of the school's sort of models for character education. Is this a sort of scalable set, a, a, a sort of pedagogical curricular based thing that you can go and infuse in different schools? Or is this something that has to be started from the outset of a school? That's a great question. I mean, I guess I would say that Another big headline, I think, from this from this study is that, um, well, I guess I should say that a few years ago, there was a big study funded by the Institute for Education Sciences of character education programming across the United States. They looked at six big programs, sort of, you know, programs that you sort of buy the curriculum, and they found absolutely no effects. Like, you know, none of the six programs were having any effects that they could that they could ascertain on students or school culture or, you know, or the faculty. And so it was really, in some ways, like this study was really a blow to folks interested in character education. Um, and 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 you know, and my study has, has turned up d- different results. And I think that one of the reasons for that may be that the the IES study was looking at prepackaged character education programming, right? Like you know, you sort of you go to the website, you order the character education curriculum, it arrives like in a box, and and you, the school leader, try to implement it. Whereas the three schools in my study are really doing what what you might call homegrown character education, which is all of them have particular levers for for focusing on the moral character, the performance character, the civic character of their students. But but they didn't they didn't sort of send away for that programming. Like rather they they really thought about what's going to be the the character education program programming that works for our students in our context. Organic and grassroots. You know, and and I think that that's, that's really important. And so, for instance, um, the, the Boston Preparatory Charter School, which is the school focused on moral character development, they've actually developed this ethical philosophy curriculum for their students in grades 6 through 12. So where, whereas a, where a lot of schools have their advisory programming every week, um, Boston Prep has what the students call ethics class. Like, so once a week, um, the students and their advisors kind of sit down with them um, with a lesson focused on one of the five, one of the school's five kind of core values: courage, compassion, integrity, perseverance, or respect. And they look at how a a thinker, you know, and that could be Plato, that could be Gandhi, that could be Martin Luther King, that could be um, Epictetus. Like they they read they do some reading focused on how that particular thinker thought about this this core value, and then they they engage in reflection about how that that core that thinker's writing relates to their own lives like and and it's it's incredibly powerful to kind of see the way they've they've developed this programming that's that's exactly suited for the needs of their students and they've and they've really been very strategic about sort of when to when to focus on what so for instance like as students come into their school in the sixth grade Boston Prep is a really is a very is a very discipline discipline heavy school and so they really they start the year in those ethics classes focused on the core value of respect because that's because that's a place where where they they want to make sure that the, the faculty and students are on the same page in the ninth grade on the other hand as students are transitioning into the high school and suddenly kind of college and sort of the 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 competition for college acceptance becomes sort of more more on students' radar screens. It's become clear to Boston Prep faculty and administrators that they need to focus more on the co- the core value of integrity mm-hmm. because because that's where students are feeling some pressure to compromise their integrity. And so so I think that that's that's how you see kind of homegrown character education at its best, like a school that's that's really made some decisions about what kind of character it wants to focus on, and and even sort of very specifically like where in the in the in a student's trajectory at that school, they need support 
on a particular character strength. Scott, most important question, probably the easiest question. Where can people get the book? So thank you for asking. Um, you can absolutely get it from Amazon.com. You can get it from the um, the publisher, the Harvard Education Press. You know has a has a wonderful website where you can get the book, and and I'm hopeful that it'll be in bookstores and and on Kindle very soon. Character Compass: How Powerful School Culture Can Point Students Towards Success. The author is the gritty and daring Scott Sider. Thank you for coming by Appian Way today, and welcome back. And you're always welcome back at the Ed School. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.